This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 569, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. And even if it's easy to be free, what's your definition of freedom? Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 569, exclamation point. Uh, I'm Ron Richards, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And our third uh, leg of this table is uh, Josh Flanagan, and he, if you've seen him, can you tell him to call us? Because we don't know what's going on. We haven't heard from him for a while. We haven't heard from him. Yeah, something, mumbled something about getting out, had it. Something about a plane ticket. I don't know. So he's gone. He's gone. So he's hof- gone, Ron. He's hopefully, gone. hopefully he comes back. There's nothing we could do about it. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we will press on because <laughs> because we are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite comic, and we call that the pick of the week, and then we come here to talk about that book, some other books. Our loyal supporting patrons get to pick a book for us to talk about, and if we have some time, we'll hear from you via email or other channels. Um, no matter what, it's always a fun time. Uh, but don't spoil your fun. If you don't like to have your comic book spoiled, uh, we're going to be reviewing them, which means we talk about what happens in them. So there's going to be some spoilers. So take caution. Uh, this week, Connor had the pick. So Mr. Kilpatrick, uh, h- how on earth did this become the pick of the week? 
Deathstroke number 11 is the pick of the week. And Deathstroke has been an interesting book. Were you all reading in the beginning? I read it. I read it the, the rebirth, and I did not stick with it. I don't remember if I said okay. I would stick with it, but I did not stick with it. Um, uh, <laughs> and I, honestly, and I'm shocked that you stuck with it. I did. Uh, I like Deathstroke as a character. Um, although I always have a problem when the villain is is the hero of a book, but I do like him well, as a character. Well, Con- Connor, it. that's what's that's what's called an antihero. But he's not even an antihero. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's just a, a straight villain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read his book in the '90s, the one that that Mike Zeck did. It was a great. That was great. Or he did the covers. I don't remember. That was a long you, time you, ago. You um, love a, you love a Mike Zeck book. Yeah, uh, mm. but I stuck. And I also like Christopher Priest, who's been who's been writing it. So I, I I stuck with it, and it's been an interesting book in that I'll read an issue and go, I, I don't need to read this anymore. And then I'll read the next issue and go, oh, that was really good. And then I'll read the next mm. issue and go, eh, I don't need to read this anymore. And the, I almost cut it because uh, with the new year, I, I decided I should start cutting some of the things I was reading that I didn't really. Know, enjoy. Sure. Uh, so I almost cut Deathstroke, and then I didn't. And then it turns out this issue was fantastic, written by Christopher Priest, drawn by Dennis Cowan, inks, inks by Bill Sienkiewicz. That's what I figured when I saw when I saw that you picked Deathstroke, and then I went like, wait, look, Deathstroke, and I saw Sienkiewicz and Cowan. I was like, all right, this is what he did it. So yeah, the art team from the Question, the classic Question book. Um, this was a one shot. We're going to talk. We talked about it last week on the show. We're going to talk about it again. How DC has been peppering in a lot more small uh, one shots and shorter arcs. This was another one shot uh, that felt very much like an 80s comic because it dealt with a serious real life issue, in this case, the the violence in Chicago. But it came out at the end with no solutions. And the, basically, the, the answer is superheroes or supervillains or antiheroes or whatever you want to call them are not going to be able to fix this problem. It's a bigger issue. And that's something that happened a lot, you know, many decades ago. Comics haven't really been done that a whole yeah. bunch at least superhero comics um and so this this felt very much like a throwback not just because it looked like one it looked with the dennis cowan art and the bilson kevich inks it looked like an 80s comic in the right. best possible way but it, it had that sort of down dour feeling that a lot of comics in the 80s had uh, you can figure out why that is um on for your own your own self but uh <laughs> in that there's a problem in society, it's a it's a it's it's a pervasive problem, and we just we can't solve it with superheroes. Uh, so in this story, you know, there's, uh, anyone who's watching, maybe if you're listening to this, this in Germany, you don't know, but the city of Chicago has a has a big murder problem. There's a lot of there's a big problem with violence and gang violence, and the, and the it is. I saw the news yesterday. There are more murders in Chicago than New York and L.A. combined. Right. And uh, so. In this issue, the mothers of Chicago have taken up a collection and hired Deathstroke to try to stop the violence. And it follows a cop, and it follows um, the Creeper. If you recall the old character, the Creeper, I do. In his in his civilian identity as the news, news as the newsman, whose, whose name I can't remember right now, but he's he's investigating the story, the the rumor that Deathstroke is now in Chicago. Jack Ryder. Uh, the the rumor that Deathstroke is in Chicago and he's he's following that story as he goes from crime scene to crime scene from murder to murder, and uh, there is a twist, and we did give a spoiler warning, so I'm not going to, but I'm not going to reveal it because I figure most people haven't read this, but uh, it's it's basically as Jack Ryder, he's he's the main character of this issue, not even Deathstroke, goes around, you know, from crime scene to crime scene trying to figure out if is this a good idea to have. A assassin try to go around killing gang members to stop the violence? Is, is it just violence to meet violence? Is it going to perpetuate more violence? There's a lot of things going on here, a lot of issues. But um, so, but so in the, in that question to 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 follow the the logic of that, what's the difference? I mean, so let's say Batman flies in, right? Right, and, and is this because he's not killing them? Like, because Batman doesn't kill? Is that the difference between Deathstroke and and this? And I mean, is vigilante justice a yeah, question I mean, here, he, or is it you right. know? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he's not using guns. It's some sort of statement. He's he's using axes and swords and nail guns and, and nail guns. <laughs> um, uh, I really liked this a lot. I also like the fact that it was in in the writer and the artist at least. You have a black creative team doing a white protagonist, which is pretty unusual. Um, in fact, Christopher Priest made he joked that when he was offered the book, he thought they had made Deathstroke black. Yeah. Um, so that and 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 doing and doing an authentic story. You know, I don't yeah. know that this would be as authentic if it wasn't a black creative team doing a story about the Chicago murders. But right. Um, it I liked everything about this. I loved the way it looked. The Dennis Cowan 
Bill Sienkiewicz art was fantastic, including the final the final panel, which turns black and white. Um, and you can really see the ink strokes and the breast strokes. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's there's nothing like a Bill Sienkiewicz drawing, and there's nothing. We, we've seen him doing a lot of inking in the last couple of years on mainstream books. Remember, he was inking Mike Norton for a while. Yep, yep, yeah, that was years ago. But yeah, I remember and that, that crazy yeah. combination. But somehow mm-hmm. it worked, yep. uh, really well. It he's he he brings this wonderful texture to it that no one else can replicate. Yeah, uh, and it's just a great looking book. Yeah, no, th- this this book. I mean, it, this is a page right out of the the eighties Grell, you yes. know, kind of you know, d- you know the, I hate to say grim and gritty DC era, but like that, you know, the the um, d- like like you said, darker, you know, like this definitely felt like a throwback book, but really, you know, topical and really, you know, and and again, you don't see I, when I think of books like this, I don't think DC does books like this. Yeah, so. and there was that carved out corner in the eight, 80s and early 90s where you know between the, like the grill green arrow but also like the question that these guys did yeah uh where you did these kind of tough gritty uh based in reality books that were sort of off to the side yeah. you know books that would fit more in a vertigo bubble if there was a vertigo bubble back then yeah uh the dc did do and this this felt very much like that i liked seeing that um and it, again it's a one shot you can pick this up you don't need, you don't need to know anything at all other than who Deathstroke is, which most people reading comics know at least a little bit, um, I, I this is a really I'm really happy to see these one shots. Yeah, I'm really happy to see, and this is a great one shot. And, and these guys are a little hamstrung because there are fewer pages in the, than when there used to be one shot stories, and there are the decompressed storytelling style that isn't as bad as it was 15 years ago. It's still it's still we're not looking at 12 pat panel pages like we did before right uh, so it's, you've got less real estate to tell i thought this is a very effective story told in a very short amount of time which is yeah something we don't see very often yeah that's it's cool yeah and and i mean both from at first when i saw that you picked the book and i went and saw that dennis cowan and bilson kevich were jamming on the art on it i was like oh yeah that's why but then as i read it and read the story and then realized the these the the topical nature of it um you know that, that's a great combination i mean it's it's the comics have an uncanny way of being able to reflect back on the world that i mean that's why we like comics right i mean you know like right. when, when they choose to go in this direction they, they are our world but a world with these with this ridiculousness aspect of it which often involves a lot of violence you know um yeah. and uh you know to to posit a, a question as to what's going on in the world in chicago today and factor in somebody like Deathstroke and see how that plays out is really and and how that inspires other people. I thought that that you know not not, not to spoil the twist in it, but I thought that was what was in, what was really interesting about this is that this yes. is this is not just a world where violence exists, but it's a world where people deal in violence on a day to day basis. And how does that influence other people? Um, which right. I think is an interesting angle. So yeah, yeah, um, and it left you in a dour note, which I think these kind of stories have to because otherwise it feels disingenuous. Yeah, um, you know we we kind of had a. You can do this kind of story. We had a problem, you know, a long, long time ago when, when they did when Marvel did nine eleven stories. And yes. that felt really really wrong because of the scope of it and because you're dealing with superheroes and but this feels very small and intimate and this this is kind of like in a way that Alex Ross, Paul Dini, Superman prestige book where Superman tried to solve hunger and realized he couldn't solve hunger. And that's the kind of thing where it's like there are problems bigger than what these characters can deal with. Um and I, it felt great. I, if this had been like a three issue arc, it wouldn't have worked. It had to be a one shot yep. that you you just tell and get out and move on. And yep. uh, so, Deathstroke Eleven, check it out. One shot issue. At least look through it. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, know. whether or not whether or not you, I mean, and, and I don't think this, this is a way to do a political story without being political. Like, there, like I don't, yep. you know, there's no. There's no, I mean, I, 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 unless you like people dying, right? I, mean, I don't think there's any way around to say that you don't want. We don't. We live in a world. It's ironic that we don't. We live in a world that we don't want violence, yet we glorify it with this sort of stuff. So I think that that's a whole other conversation. But you could read this independent of any sort of. There's no right or left or anything with this. It just is a straight up story, and so that's what's yep. cool about it. So, yeah, check it out. I wish these guys would stay on as the art team because then the book would yeah. get really interesting. But I, I love that they told this kind of story because I felt like they should tell this kind of story. So let's yeah. move on to. Six Pack and Dog Welder, Hard Traveling Heroes, number six. <laughs> uh, ironically, the title is a throwback to the kind of stories that you know we're talking about with Green yeah. Arrow and Green Lantern. Um, 
Did you read this all the way through? I did not. I'm not reading any this of this. Is, this is the final issue of the miniseries. Yeah. And actually, <clears throat> I'll be honest. When I started reading this, this is almost the pick of the week, by the way. Wow. I'll just start that. Uh, when I started, when I when I opened up this issue on my my tablet, I thought, I'm kind of happy this is over. Out of these five I've read, only one was really good. That the one about Dog Welder's origin. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, okay, this this will be over. Um, turns out this was a really fantastic issue. So uh, this the the heroes here are Section Eight, the the crazy heroes from the Hitman story a long time ago, plus John Constantine wearing a space helmet, have to go into space. <clears throat> because there are two stars, two dog stars, that are about to collide and destroy the uh, the, the the galaxy, destroy Earth, and so they they steal. They, well, they knock out the uh, in the last issue they knocked out the astronauts and they stole the they took their place on the on the space shuttle and went up. And so here, um, not only does Constantine have sex with the with that character made of guts, but um, since they're two dog stars and you've got a character named Dog Welder, he goes out. And he welds the stars together so they don't collide <laughs> and saves, saves the day but kills himself in the process. And it turns out to be really kind of sad and emotional um, because uh, there finally were heroes. These guys finally did save the universe but at the cost of one of their friends. And also they didn't really get any recognition for it. And then at the end, it all ended at the bar where the, these characters hang out. And they put a little dog welder. Constantine makes a little dog welder statue out of foil. And they put it up on the shelf next to all these other mementos, including pictures of the Hitman characters who all died in that story. Plus, there's a little framed drawing of uh, Steve Dillon holding up a pint glass. Oh. So, um, you know, this was a this was a nice little thing. Uh, you know, the miniseries wasn't great. There was a couple of standout things that happened. The dog welder issue was really great, but this issue it ended really strong. If you like these characters, uh, and it was a really sad ending for for them. So I thought this yeah. was this was really nice. Yeah, that's nice. Sounds good. Yeah. I know you guys. I know you guys love the uh, the dog welder and six pack book. Uh, I just well, it's it just. I mean, I, the Garth Ennis. I mean, the, the the comedic Garth Ennis. I do enjoy, but maybe I'll check out the Satin Trade. I don't know. No. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. You may not need to. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, hey, man. Do you remember? Let, let's let's go back to the Wayback Machine, Connor. Okay. Uh, do you remember? Oh, geez. I don't know. Now it's like maybe six, seven years ago. When uh, Loose Ends number one originally came out, no, I do. Uh, so, <laughs> so when Loose Ends number one originally came out, it was it was put out by a smaller publisher, um, and it was uh, written by Jason Latour, who we'd never really heard of, and had art by Chris Bruner. And it was one of those books where it's like it was an indie, like totally, you know, like it, it, it just totally independent publisher. And I remember reading. I remember talking to Josh. and go, "Did you read this?" And he's like, "Yeah, that was really good." And um, and as the years have gone on, now we've learned, you know, Jason Latour has, has got, had great success with Southern Bastards and with Sw- Spider-Man over at Marvel. Um, and I know personally I talked to Jason a lot over the years, and I was like, you got to finish Loose Ends because they put out, I think, like two issues, like two or three issues. Oh, really? And, yeah, and two then, or three and, out of four? Yeah, or something like that. Like, they came close. They, they, they only put out a couple. And then finally, you know, like, and, and I was like, you really should finish that or whatever. So now that finally is happening. Uh, Image Comics is, is uh, released Loose Ends number one, which is a re-release of the book that originally came out um, oh. and uh, I couldn't be happier because this is one of those like it's a southern crime story that I mean like this is precursor to um, to southern bastards in, in many ways both in terms of you know just the fact that it takes place in the south but also that it, it you know kind of shows the beginnings of Latour's writing um, which I think you know like while you know, I'm a big fan of his art you know he um, you know, he's definitely, you know, like he, he, he's a storyteller period, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And so, uh, uh, it's good to see loose ends number one, you know, back in print and them finishing the story. So, yeah, this was great. Did, so is it exactly the same? Did they recall? I don't know if they did any, I I don't know if they did any changes or anything like that, but like there's a, there's a little handwritten kind of essay at the back about, uh, by Jason about where they were when they were working on it. And it's like, they started it in, you know, 10 years ago in 06. So, you know, um, yeah, when he went, I did read that part and I was like, oh, that's, that's a long journey to get here. So I, cause I didn't know that it came, or I didn't remember it came out seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, yeah. It was from, uh, 12 gauge comics. Um, I remember that yeah. publisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, this actually does sound familiar. I really like this. This was really good. This, you're right. This could very easily be taking place in the Southern Bastards world. It feels it's that dirty yeah. Southern crime story, a Rocky vet or Afghanistan vet 
you know, is running drugs and yeah. runs into trouble at a little bar when he stops, to, you know, and, and uh, people end up getting killed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I this was really good. Yeah. I, I didn't. I read it on a whim. I was like, oh, Jason Latour, that's interesting. Crime, okay, I'll read that. And then uh, by the end of it, I was really interested and really excited for the next issue. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so to give a little background, um, uh, Loose Ends came out in 2011, right? And they put out the first three issues and never finished the fourth. Um, and so the third issue came out in November 2011, and then just, you know, it, it just like, like a lot of great comics, it just never kind of happened. Um and I remember back then, us, you know, like we, like I remember really liking it. I don't know if we, if we, it was before I worked at Image, so I, I wonder if we talked about it on the podcast or not. But um, Maybe. yeah, but I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you didn't know that, and revisited it, right? Because yeah. <laughs> because clearly you liked it, right? Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. It was really, I um, I really liked the art a lot. The yeah. Chris Bruner art's really good. Uh, he's he has that sort of jagged style that Latour has where everyone is sort of dirty and ugly. Yeah. Um, but, but kind of in a way cleaner. Um, but really good. Everything yeah. about this was great. The storytelling was great. There's a really, uh, disturbing scene that happens in the middle, but there's a three, six, nine, 12, 15 panel grid going on, uh, on two pages in a row that was, works really well. Yeah. For, for it just, it's, it's a really, I mean, Latour is really good. Yeah, he's, he's great. Everyone knows him as an artist, but uh, he can he can write as well. I mean, I, you didn't even know this was like a, you know, yeah, it, a, an indie writer who hasn't written a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm just scrolling through the, I, I, the archives on our on ifanboy.com and seeing you know back in 2011 we were recommending Loose Ends as a little as a spotlight on Latour in August 2011 as an up and comer. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's really yeah we yeah we I've been, I've been a Latour fan for a long long time and so I'm glad. I have to no see memory it. of that. Yeah, it's very funny. It's very funny. You know what's really disturbing is that you say 2011. I think that just happened, and it was six years ago. Yeah, I know. That's that's the more depressing angle of it. Yeah, but, uh, but if you like crime, if you like a crime, southern crime story, it's only four issue mini. Uh, yep. And if you like southern bastards, you should definitely check it out. It's it's this was really really good. Yeah, this this there's some solid stuff this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but Loose Ends completely recommend checking this out. It's gonna be it's worth it. Um, so uh, I feel like we, I feel like it was last episode, but it might have been two episodes ago. But we talked about how the Flash uh, was moving into a Rogue storyline, and mm-hmm. Flash number fifteen is the second story of that. And I just think it's it's I mean not I've been enjoying Josh Williamson's run on Flash so far, you know, and despite our complaints about the costume and the changing artists and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's something magical. When and maybe it's because I watch the TV show and I'm all up <laughs> in it or whatever. But there is something absolutely magical when it's the Flash versus the Rogues, and yes. I don't know what it is, but the, the the pages are electric and this and whatever that is, that that je ne sais quoi. Uh, Josh Williamson has been able to capture that and bring it to the storyline. I couldn't be happier, you know. Yeah, uh, this has been great. Um, the Carmine D. Gemenico arts is great. Yeah. Uh, when he draws the book, it's it's better, and it's great that he's getting to draw this rogue arc, rogue's arc. Yep. Uh, what's really funny is, um, I'm a, becoming a feeble old man in that we talked in the last issue about how the rogues were, were fooling Barry into into yeah. chasing after this crime while they do something else, and so he's doing. He's in the beginning, he's he's foiling their robbery, and I was like, oh man, I guess the rogues blew it last time and didn't <laughs> didn't tr- trick him. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, and then when they revealed all oh, that these were not the rogues, these were mirror constructs. While the rogues were off doing the other thing, I was like, "Oh right, yep, I'm an idiot." They, they, uh, they. I mean, this is really well done. It's, it's they, yeah. they. Uh, he's plotted a story where the rogues are, you know, pulling it over on on Barry, and that's you know that's and that's how you build up that that tension in this. So, um, uh, my only my, my complaint and uh, praise is that so I read this digitally and DC yeah. puts the puts the additional um, so when there's variants they include them as well and yes. it's just an amazing retro Dave Johnson cover yes right that um, like like the, if we still did best covers on the website this and we're gonna talk about it a little later but that Daredevil cover by Dan Panosian is yeah. just amazing but um, but the regular cover is like Flash versus Heat. It's like hotter than ever, Heat Wave, and it's a pinup of Flash versus Heat Wave. And I kept on waiting for this to happen, <laughs> and it, it never happened. And the, I mean, it just wa- seemed weird to call that out. Like, yeah, you know, he's fighting all the rogues. Yeah, he, just- I mean, yeah, Heat Wave's in it, but like, there's no. It's not like Heat Wave Unleashed or anything like that. But <laughs> wait, was he? Well, okay, I get it. So the last issue it says the return of Captain Cold. Yeah. So I guess each cover will get each rogue will get a cover. 
I guess, but yeah, because but, Rogue's reloaded or whatever. Yeah, yeah but I just, I kept, I'm like, I'm like, when's the heat wave face off? And it just didn't happen. So, um, um, do you hear Captain Gold's TV voice in your head now? Yes, I, yeah, I do. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I do. Even I if he, he, to do it, and I don't know if I can do the cadence quite like he can, but yeah, man, Wentworth, Wentworth Miller's uh, cold, uh, whatever his that language, the, the voice he does with that is is forever. But yet, I, I read Barry, and it's not Grant Gustin. So yeah, yeah, what are you, what are you gonna do? No. The God, the costume. Look, look at the Dave Johnson costume. Oh, I know. I know. The, the lines. The lines. They yeah. took one of the best costumes of all time. Simple, perfect. Un- it. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's just, it's really, it just, it looks broken. Yeah. Ruined. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Saga 42, we'll talk about uh, the end in a minute, but uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm reaching a crossroads with Saga now, Ron. Oh, yeah. In what, in what way? I, well, 42 issues in and. I uh, I don't beyond the main family characters. I find myself completely lost with everyone else. Yeah, and I feel like it's affecting my enjoyment of the books. Like when people show up who I don't know, I'm like, I don't know what's who are the what is their allegiance? Who are they? Who are they with? Like, is he we, is 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 Vaughn weaving too much of a uh, of a web for you, or is it is it, or is it a keeping up matter? Because it releases regularly when the arcs are in order. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So. I don't know if it's. If, I don't know if it is a. There's too much going on, or it would read better collected. But like when we're just following the story of the family, I know fine. But like these guys showed up with wings and beards and sunglasses. They look like special forces soldiers, and right. I don't know who they are, who they're with, and I mean, then there's the other. Like just then there's the dude in the who shoots the will, and uh, they just. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm starting to lose my grip on the book. Which right. is a bummer. Well, and then, then then that begs the question: Is it time to move to trade? You know, like that's that. that yeah, that's the point. Like, like is this? Because I feel like this inevitably happened with with Why the Last Man, where there was some point where it's like, you know, I'm just going to read this in trade and read it once every six months, as opposed to you know staying with the with the issues. Like, I, yeah, I, I, it's a good question. I think it's a lot of people are struggling with with that too. So, I mean, he's he's telling a grand saga. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> it's in the title, literally yeah, saga. A lot of yeah, characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not faulting him. I was wondering, for me, it might be more enjoyable the other way. Now, let's talk about the end, because I wasn't really – I was feeling that as I was reading the book, so I wasn't really enjoying it. And then in the, end, in the, the ending ended up being really powerful and disturbing. So yeah. uh, that was well done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> really, well, well yeah, done. I mean, that's the thing is that, that, is that I, you, you consistently get that – Quality from Vaughn and, and Fiona Staples on this book, and 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 nobody else can kind of rip hearts out better than Vaughn, and and you know, and and it's great. But like for me at least, it's just it's the repetitive, like you know. So I'm I've moved to trade. So I didn't, oh, wow. I, I, yeah, I didn't read this. Like it's for for that reason alone, where it's like, uh, you know, like I, I I get it, you know, but it's it's I don't want I can't deal with this on a monthly basis. I'll just read it in one big batch. So right, interesting. So. Yeah. So the end. So the, the, they have to escape the asteroid. They've been living, they've been on an asteroid. They have to escape because there's a, I think a, some sort of there's some sort of celestial event happening. Right? Yeah. It's going to destroy the, the where they're on. So they're getting in their their tree ship to leave, and they're trying to bring the cute little furry friends with them, but they won't leave because they're they've never left their home. There's always been problems, but but their their religion has always saved them. Their their deity has always saved them. Yeah. And so the ship leaves, and the sh- the deity doesn't save them, and there's a moment where they're all sort of drowning in this black goo. And the one character we've been following says, "Please God, I believe, I believe, I." Believe. And then uh, there's like six pages of black, oh, and then there's no no letters page, and the black continues to the back the, the back cover. Yeah. And so I was like, "Oof, ouch, that was rough." And also, I don't like thinking about death too much. Right? Yeah, think about it, you know. Freaks like, me yeah. out. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Let's yeah. think about the endless void for a while. Yeah, oh. Oh, depressed. So, so depressed. Uh, good job. I just I might be following you to a trade. All right. Well, don't get too depressed, Connor. Uh, <laughs> and let's uh, let's take a moment and and lift our spirits up and talk about how the listeners can help iFanboy. Uh, if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the weekly podcast as well as all the extra content we do, uh, we hope that you take the time to. Uh, 
uh, help support us. And you can find out how to do that at ifanboy.com slash support. A couple of easy, easy ways for you to be uh, to show your support. One, if you're an Amazon customer, and lots lots of you are, um, I am as well, uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash support and click on the link to go over to Amazon. And then for everything you purchase on Amazon, Amazon will send us a couple of dollars in, in return to thank uh, us for sending you their way. So uh, you like to get your stuff, your books, and all that various stuff at Amazon, click that link. It'll help us out. Lots of you use it at the holidays. We really want to thank you for that. Um, really makes a difference, and we really uh, thank everybody for shopping on Amazon and help us out in the process. Um, if you want to make a direct donation, if you just want to give us money, if you are a millionaire <laughs> and you've just got stacks <laughs> of money sitting around, uh, you can go to uh, ifanboy.com support where you can uh, send a direct donation via PayPal, and we thank everybody who does that. And, of course, the best way to show your support for iFanboy is by going to patreon.com ifanboy where you can sign up to be a supporting patron. Um, we've got a bunch of great rewards. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month, up to $20 a month. We thank everybody who's done that. Um, rewards are going out to the to the high-paying patrons. And as be, as part of being a patron, you get, to, uh, help, you get to pick a book that we'll discuss in the podcast. We'll be talking about that later on. As well as uh, some patrons get a, uh, a superpower bestowed on them by us, by the, the iFanboy Brain Trust. Um, <laughs> we, met our, we met our most recent goal, uh, and we thank everybody for helping us do that. And that means that we're, we're going to be opening up a new T-shirt store. Store, a new merch store. Um, working on that. I'm, uh, that's the top of my to-do list and stay tuned for news about that. It's going to be really cool. So patreon.com slash ifanboy. We thank, thank all the patrons for their support and thanks everybody for supporting ifanboy. Yeah. Daredevil 16 I'm of two minds of, but let's discuss the cover first. Well, yeah, the cover is gorgeous. It's Dan Panosian doing an amazing cover of uh, bullets standing up almost like trees and bullseye walking with a gun and Daredevil hiding behind a bullet. And it, it like it, I, I was like I took a minute just to marvel at that cover. It was yeah. great. Um, it's a great cover. Now I'm interested to hear why you're two, two you're of two minds of because you know I, I I know I've been a little hard on Charles Saul in the past, um, mm-hmm. but this I, this issue this probably was my pick of the week. I really liked it. Yeah. That was the one mind. On the other mind, I thought it was disappointing because. You know, I don't know the last time we saw Bullseye. Yeah. Um, well, I thought I thought I thought about that because I thought he was dead. Like the, in New Marvel, not, uh, nothing matters anymore. So I just went with it. Right. But like, I don't know the last time we saw him. Saw him classically dressed like Bullseye, classic Bullseye, and yeah. he's sort of a MacGuffin back and or background character here. He's a device. Yeah. You know, he he shoots at he last in the last he shot the guy that that. Matt Murdock was chasing and then now he shoots a bullet at Matt Murdock and this whole issue is Matt's remembering while the bullet is coming at him and then he smacks it away and then he goes beats up Bullseye. I thought it was an interesting and ballsy decision to make Bullseye, you know, basically Daredevil's Joker so yeah. so meaningless in the story especially after he's been gone so long but on the other hand I was disappointed because I was really excited that Bullseye was back so on the one hand I really liked the issue a lot on the other hand I was like, uh and the other, but the third hand I was like, well that was Interesting choice to it, make it. it subverted my expectations. I but. just, yeah, I just was really impressed by it. It was just a wonderfully crafted story, yes, um, and to have and to have the thought process and the internal dialogue of Daredevil happening while the bullet is coming from Bullseye in a matter of seconds, I thought was really was really clever. And then having the the interstitial of you know, I could you know, I am a little tired of Matt going to talk to a priest, but at least this priest has tattoos and was badass. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like all in all, I like sat down. I'm like, wow, that was a fan- that like. I do not question whether or not Soul gets Daredevil or not. Yeah. And I think that some of my criticism of this this series when it first started, when he was the prosecutor and stuff like that, it felt a little lost from Daredevil. And right. maybe it just took 16 issues for him to zero in on it. But this was great, I thought. Uh, so this, this was a solid, solid issue. Yeah. Are you still reading Doom Patrol? I am, and I'm not going to get used to there being curses in DC books. Well, we'll get to that. But So we talked about the first issue. You and I liked it. Yep. Um, and then I don't think we talked about two or three at all. No, we didn't. Uh, I actually didn't read two or three. I, they piled up in my, my tablet. So then I read all four. Yep. And it's really good. It's really good. I mean, he's clearly writing for trade. Yeah. Gerard Way is the writer. Nick, Nick, I, the Nick Darrington art's great. Yeah. Um, but as a whole, it's a really good, it's a really good comic. He, Jardway is of the Morrison school. 
he he wrote great uh, comics for Dark Horse. Who's, their names are yep. escaping me at the uh, moment. The, the um, oh, now it's, I had it and then I lost it. It's the, the, the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Academy. Umbrella Academy. Um, <laughs> like I literally was on tip my tongue, and you're, and then the fact that you forgot it made me forget know, it. <laughs> the uh, he does. He's been doing these great interstitial one pages in these comics where we follow the the chief around. Like he, the formatting is very similar to Morrison in his sort of uh, heyday. Yeah, but. Uh, what he's doing here, which is basically a gathering of the team story for the Doom Patrol, has been super fun, super inventive. Yep. I love the Danny the Street issue the last time. Yep. In, in this issue, uh, we find out that the girl we've been following around the whole time is actually a superhero from uh, that Danny the Street conjured up, and she gets her costume and her, uh, her you know, she gets all suited up in this issue. So it's it's been weird and wacky and fun and funny, and you're right, these... These young animal books, including the uh, one about the vigilante in Gotham, that take place in the DCU, that featured DC characters, I'm 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 not used to the the cursing in those books. Yeah, it's totally shocking. I mean, I, I, like to to say at the very end, uh, back the fuck off. I was like, ah, this is Doom Patrol. This is me cursing. Um, but yeah, no, this is. I, I think Gerard Way. We, we should we should mention we are by no means prudes. We no, by no of, means no. But of a lot. It's just weird. There's a time and place. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no, but this is. Yeah, I'm, this is an entire package. Like when this trade comes out, this is going to be a bestseller because it's fantastic. It's totally in the Morrison school. Um, this is the. This is one of the best books uh, in the Young Animal, um, you know, kind of pantheon. It's probably the best one. I, I did you read Mother Panic? Mother Panic is great. That's what I was I, talking about. The one that takes yeah, in, in. yeah, I really love Mother Panic, but um, but yeah, but I gotta say, I gotta give it up because I like how the Young Animal books have all. You know the the kind of character sheets and stuff like that, but I'll give it up for this for the backup material possibly being the greatest thing ever. Well, well, it was almost <laughs> pick of the week because it featured a, du- a Bane coloring book, and Bane is drawn like he's from the movie. Well, so. yeah, so it's yeah, it's 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 Bane's coloring corner, and it's the movie version. It's for you. Right? Too bad Josh isn't here. But actually, it's it's weird. There's the first one where he shoots the arrow at Camp Bane. That's that's the movie version. The second version where he's making a pizza. That's the Schumacher movie version. And then the third one is back to the 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 Nolan version. Molto bene, as as Bane is making a pizza, might be my the greatest thing ever. Um, so, <laughs> I really want to print these out and color them. Yeah, they're really fantastic. Badly. They're and then there's one of a movie Bane in an astronaut's costume fixing a satellite, and instead of the NASA logo, it says Bane, and it says "Follow your dreams; they can take you to the stars." <laughs> For you. <laughs> oh God. Um, so keeping in line with the. Broadway is being a musician. Uh, uh, I had to read Slayer Repentless number one from Dark Horse, as this is the comic that is uh, based on a series of music videos by the band Slayer um, and you know the metal band Slayer. And and uh, while I'm not a huge Slayer fan or huge metal fan, of course they're in the pantheon, and you got to listen to them stuff like that. And this was fucking weird. This is, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because of. The, the political climate we're in or whatever, but the, the gist, the, there's, I'll put it this way, Connor, a lot of swastikas in this book. Oh. So, so basically what happens is that our main protagonist is a guy who's uh, with an eye patch and uh, he's married to a, uh, a black woman, he's a white guy, and a series, a group of Nazis uh, cut off his, uh, or kill his wife in front of him. And then he wants to get revenge, so him and his buddy break free, and they go to a roadhouse where they meet up with Slayer, like literally the band. Like there's Kerry King, and, and the end of the issue is that that they're gonna, you know, they're 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 gonna go. They've got some things to discuss, and they're gonna get their revenge on the Nazis. So it's like. <laughs> Have you seen these videos that these are based on? Uh, no, like, I actually mean, I have. I haven't. So <laughs> it's just, but I was like, so I'm like, oh, cool, Slayer. Like, I'm thinking it'd be like, are they really going to be in it? Is it based on a song, whatever? And as I'm reading, I'm like, Nazi, not swat. There's another swastika. Oh, God, that's a lot of violence. Like, and I'm kind of <laughs> getting tired of cutting off people's faces and other people wearing it. And that happens yeah. in this issue, you know, like, yeah. the, but, um, uh, yeah, this is just fucked up, and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. I think it'd be awesome if they took scenes from actual videos and crafted them into stories. Yeah, yeah, well, that might be what I they do. Yeah, I, but I don't, I don't know enough to read about it. Maybe somebody else. So, yeah. I've been watching a lot of MTV Classic in the mornings as I get ready for work, and I yeah. feel like there's a whole thing you could do where you could take old videos and turn those things, those crazy videos, into stories. Yeah, yeah. No. Extraordinary X Men 18. I wish I read after. 
or, or before IVX. I did well. I didn't even know you were reading IVX. That's crazy. And yeah, you should have read this before IVX. Um, and also, where the fuck has this been? <laughs> this was fantastic. For all, and this is again like kind of a one shot for uh, about Forge building machine that we saw get destroyed in IVX. So when Which I read is... IVX first, I was like, oh, that sucks. And then I opened this one up. I was like, he's building the machine. And I was like, well, yeah, all right. But this, so this There's is no, like. A- order to these books well yeah there's no there's no indicator on you know on the cover or anything like read this before or anything like that like which is which is dumb but um but i read it first and lemire wrote an amazing one shot all around forge who i think is a, a supremely underrated character and the idea of seeing the world the way forge does and the way he builds machines and stuff like that and 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 uh, moving into the relationship with storm and he gets mm-hmm. teamed up with old man logan and then becomes mixed media and as old man logan's telling him about forge in his future it switches to andrea sorrento on the art which i thought was great um the only T- the only two problems with this is that this all gets nullified in IVX, which is a train wreck. But um, <laughs> is that is that un- is that unfortunately Victor Ibanez on art just you know d- is not up to the task of a comic written as well as this one was written. Like I wish this had a much better artist on the main story. Um, but uh, yeah, his yeah. his uh, his old man Logan is a little. Chunky. Oh, and his storm is is inconsistent with her, you know. Like yeah. it, it's just it's all over the map, and and Ibanez, like it's like I don't know. I have a very high caliber of what I want for my art from X Men, and and Ibanez just doesn't cut it. But um, but like Jesus, if if Lemire was writing extraordinary X Men, like this, like to me, this felt like a glimpse of what he could do, and I wish mm-hmm. he was doing that. So, I think there's been glimpses throughout this run. Cause yeah, I think there's there's been issues here and there. It's just that it keeps getting bogged down in longer stories. But yeah. uh, like was it Ramos drawing this before? Um, I forget who. There's been nobody that I've been uh, excited about. Well, the cover was great. The, David Yarden, they could have, yeah. he could have drawn the issue. Yeah, um, totally. Forge yeah. is a great character. And also it made me think of our dumb superpowers because he's like complaining that his powers are not clear from the outside what he can do. And right, he, yeah. You, yeah. Go, you go into his head. And I, I like that, the way they showed his power working in his head where he saw all the pieces coming together. And, yeah, very, uh, so cool. So, so cool. Forge that. is a fun character. Yep, yeah. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, another, again, another one-shot issue. Um, yep. I thought it was really nice. It took place in the future, and we follow a uh, grandmother telling her grandkids a story <laughs> and terrifying them because the story about the Starro invasion that we just saw happen in the yep. previous storyline and how, she, how it was fended off and how it, she became a Green Lantern. I thought this was just a really nice little story. Yeah. All right, cool. This has been a really good book, but this was, this was just a nice little one-shot, and I'm really happy these are happening. Yeah. Um, I thought the art was not the art was good, and I thought the the sort of legacy of the Green Lantern Corps that was shown here because this takes does take place about sixty years in the future was nice. And DC has been throwing out these. It happened three times this week. These uh, double page spreads showing things that are going to happen. They they always like to do that. So here we get some sort of weird rings that are going to pop up with X's on them, and maybe the X Men are going to be moved to the DC universe. Oh Jesus, maybe. <laughs> no, this is enjoyable. I read it. It was all right. So, yeah, yeah, it was good. I liked it. So uh, I know Josh is uh, MIA right now, but jo- Connor, I'm going to take you on a little trip to Star Wars uh, Corner. Um, and I feel bad because I feel like the only corner we've – you guys got to bring back War Corner. I mean, what the hell? Like, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, they, 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 I'm yeah. keeping the corner flame alive here all by myself. Back then when War Corner was a thing, there were like three War comics. No, yeah. They're not really reading any of them. So Star Wars number 27 by Jason Aaron, art by Salvador La Roca. Um, Weird. We're in a weird area now because, like, after the the story arc that ended with issue twenty five was the best story arc of the whole series, and then now this next story arc. This is the second issue of it, and um, basically what has happened is that uh, in the events of the last story arc with the badass stormtrooper group, C three PO actually got captured, right? And, Again, and R two wasn't having it, so R two grabbed the ship by himself and flew off to go find him. And so now Luke is chasing after R2, right? Okay. But pause that because this issue picks up where Luke is in his X-Wing flying to go chase R2 and he's on autopilot. So he takes the time to read from Obi-Wan's journal where Obi-Wan writes of a story about Yoda fighting what's called Yoda's Secret War, where it was a story from the early days of Master Yoda. And so it's like we're going to pause the main story 
so that we can revisit this device that they, they've used to de- tell one shots of like a tale of Obi-Wan, you know, to fill in the blanks. Yeah. But this is actually Luke reading Obi-Wan telling a story about Yoda. Wow. <laughs> so it's just like a layer. A story of, telephone. Yeah, exactly. And then it further made me cement that I think it's helping me in my own Star Wars fandom. I don't think I like Yoda. <laughs> There's been too much Yoda. Too Yoda much, was, yeah. Too much Yoda. Yoda was a great character who you saw rarely, and that meant something special. Now, yep. uh, you know, too much Yoda. Movies we don't talk about. He was overexposed to those movies. Yep. And so, like, the gist of this story is that he's land on a planet that has a strong force feeling, and there's a bunch of wild kids, kind of Lord of the Flies style, and there's a big uh, rock that is made of the force, basically, and they've made arrowheads and spears that are, like, force-enhanced weapons, and now Yoda's trying to get to the bottom of it, and and, so, and they don't know what the force is, so they're talking, they think it's the rock, the power of the rock, and so he's ta- talking about the force in context of the rock, and it's just like, just give me Chewbacca blowing shit up. It's not hard. It's not this book, but it does end with Yoda getting captured and then shackled in these in this force rock chains, you know. And so like who you know, so somewhat interesting. But like I don't give a shit about Yoda. Like I just get back to Luke. So anyway, that's just me though. What if it was the actual rock? What like the wrestler? Yeah. Or or the or the uh, the Sean Connery movie. Either <laughs> would make it look slightly better. So okay, <laughs> um, yeah, but the art was great. The story—I mean, Jason Aaron gets it, but I just don't. It's too much Yoda. I don't, I don't want this much Yoda. <laughs> Not too much Yoda. Hashtag too much Yoda. Hashtag too much Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we are locked into our insane uh, quest to rate all the DC Rebirth books. So we're going to finish this month off with Justice League of America: colon, Killer Frost: colon, Rebirth. We've been. Um, meeting all of these Just League of America characters with their one shots leading up to just apparently there's going to be a JLA rebirth book. Yes, yeah, that's that's the culmination of this. So yeah. keep this crazy train going. Yeah. Uh, this issue, and again, uh, written by Steve Orlando has written all these issues. With this one, he had a he had a co-writer. Uh, this issue felt to me like I came into minute twenty-eight of an hour-long TV show. Yep, yep, one hundred percent agreed. Like. I felt like I, I, I like actually stopped to look. I'm like, did I miss an issue or something? Like it was, yeah, yeah it was, it was disjointed and hard to follow. Yep. There were these characters that kept popping up, and you seemed to need to know who they were and why they were important or, or scary. And like when those sun guys showed up, like I don't know who they were or what, why. When he rips yeah. his shirt up and you see the sun tattoo, that's a big deal. And yeah, and it, it was very choppy. Like she, she was. So the whole thing is that Killer Frost is being held by Amanda Waller in prison, but she has done something to – because she's part of the Suicide Squad, but she's done something to, to earn her freedom. But Amanda Waller is trying to force her to stay by to by um, uh, getting her to kill someone because she needs to suck the heat out of people to survive. So she's trying to uh, – she, she used to be in solitary. She keeps giving her cellmates, and she's trying to provoke her into action. But she is being strong and not acting, and she's supposed to be – uh, witheringly, you know, witty, witty with these people, you know, beating people with her words and not her actions. But she wasn't like yep. what what she said to them wasn't like all that clever or or hurtful. Uh, like she called the guy the la- a lava lamp, and he like sort of puts his tail between his legs and leaves. And I was like, that really? Yeah. She called you a lava lamp, and that was enough. Um, it just was. This was just kind of bad. Well, and then and then at the end of the issue, you know, Batman comes to break her out. Right mm-hmm. and and tells Waller that enough she's done or whatever and pulls out her little nano bomb from her head and then afterwards she's outside she's like wow I can't believe I'm free and Batman's like yeah yes you are you earned it you know today and every day since you saved the league and I was like <laughs> when when did she save the league what does that mean like and I'm like I'm like did I miss did I miss a whole section like what happened <laughs> so you, you could have at least used an editor's note saying see just like for Suicide Squad or wherever yeah. the hell that happened I don't yeah. know where it happened I don't know where it happened the only either. thing the only thing I did like was that it showed she wasn't actually being good. She was sort of leeching heat yes. here and there in small ways. That was the only clever bit in the issue. I did like that page. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, she she is kind of breaking yeah. the rules. But other than that, I just didn't like this at all. Ratings. I give ratings. It a ratings. I give ratings. it a I give it a two point five because I didn't hate the art. So. Okay. And uh, sticking with it. Well yes, because we're gonna read Justice League Rebirth. So <laughs> All right, but then then next up is the as we mentioned earlier uh, the patrons that support iFanboy through Patreon uh, every week get to vote on a book for us to read, and it's been a bit of an adventure. Uh, but it's been here, rocky. It's but 
And and the thing is, like we've stated for numerous times, this is your opportunity to get us a get us to read a book that we're not going to read. And sometimes you guys are so excited about a book, you want to make sure we talk about it. But I'm pretty sure we would have talked about the Commandy Special Number One if it wasn't the patron pick. But here we are. The patrons picked the Commandy Special Number One by DC Comics, uh, and uh, I was going to read this anyway. Were you, Connor? Or? Uh, probably not, only because we, we, we talked about how many books we're reading currently. However, yeah. I did, obviously, and I loved it, so I will continue on. So good, I, lo- good. I just, I loved, I love that they're doing that. I mean, I, so, so for those who don't know, Commandy... I didn't know what it was. If I knew what it was, I would have definitely read it. Right, yeah. I know what it is. So, so for, yeah, for those who don't know, to fill you in, Commandy is a character created by Jack Kirby back in the 70s when he left Marvel and went to DC. And uh, he did a great run on it, and it's Commandy, the last boy on Earth, and where it's a post-apocalyptic world, and animals now can talk, and all this sort of stuff, and there's remnants of our world, and Commandy is the last boy on Earth. Um, and since Kirby did that, no DC, well, let's say no, but there have been very few returns to the character. When they did the uh, the Wednesday. Wednesday comics, there was a Commandy story in there, which was which was amazing, right? Um, so now, as Dan DiDio uh, explains. Uh, uh, they're returning to Commandy with the idea of doing a Commandy challenge where each issue is going to feature a story by a different creative team and has to end on a cliffhanger. You have to put Commandy in some sort of trouble, and then the next creative team picks up that point and tells the story from there. And then in addition, in the letters page, the guy who wrote the issue with the cliffhanger writes what he would have done. I which, don't like that bit so much, but I do yeah. love the idea of the challenge. Yes. I love the idea that – I don't know why they don't do this more often. This is a really fun idea of having an all-star – basically an all-star creative team yep. hand off a story with each issue to another all-star creative team, and then they got to continue it. It is like a story chain. It's like a – you know, this is a device that a lot of you know writing teachers use is to yep. hand it off. And it was a really f- fun issue, and I'm really excited for it. It's, tw- it's 12 issues. Yep. And we got two – Story. So we got to see it in action. We got the the first story, which was uh, co-written by DiDio and Keith Giffen and drawn by Scott Koblish. No, but I think it was drawn by Keith Giffen and inked by Scott Koblish. That could be, too. Yeah, because uh-huh. his credit is the last artist on Earth, and Keith Giffen does draw in a Kirby style. Well, and... well they, they did OMAC, which is another Kirby um, yep. property, and DiDio and Giffen wrote it. Giffen did the breakdowns and Koblish did the finishes, which is right. like a more robust ink. So I don't know. The, they don't really specify here. So let's just say story by Judeo and Giffen, art by Giffen and Koblish. But it, it, it was great. And it's important uh, to note that in 1976, Giffen did draw four issues of Commandy. Right. So And Giffen is just a legend. But anyway. so It was vaudeville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is an old life fanboy. So, so, I'm, so it is. I'm sorry. So no. So Giffen did draw. Did draw this. I'm looking. Okay. At, I'm looking at an interview on Newsarama right now, and he says the 12 page prologue that I'm doing the art for. Great. So, so yeah. he, he drew it. Kobush inked it. Um, it. You know they 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 have that that Kirby esque style down really well with those square fingers and the, the dynamic panel stuff and and uh, the heavy ink lines and the, the Kirby dots. And then they hand it off. They hand the story off to Dan Abnett and Dale Eaglesham. Who we never see Dale Eaglesham anymore, so that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was. But, uh, yeah. What What happened just, to him? I don't know. But this was just this was super fun. I mean, Commandy's yeah. a great character. The last boy on Earth. He's living in a world where all the animals have become sentient after a radiation disaster knocked out the human race and made all the animals become you know humanoid and and he's considered a pet and a, and a, he's you know he's on a leash and uh, it's kind of like Planet of the Apes a little bit and this is great. Yeah. This is really great. This, this, is, this is great. I love this project. I love this whole thing. I could have done without Dan DiDio writing on it, and I could have done without, like we said, the, the – the, I mean, I don't know. They're having fun with the idea of the cliffhanger, and but letting the other writer write what he would have done seems like a little like, dude, just let it go. Like, don't tell everybody how clever you were, you know? like That's what I mean. I don't, yeah, I don't like yeah. – I don't, I don't want to know how Dan Emmett's going to get him out of this cliffhanger. Yeah. I'd write, I just want to know who the next team – Tomasi is going to yeah. do with it. Yeah. So let's just do that. I don't need to know how – yeah. You know, it seems sort of like having your kick and eat it too. Anyway, the point is it's a fun, fun device. And if they can keep this caliber of creative team on all twelve issues, which usually when you do a Kirby story, you, you can usually get 
pretty pretty strong talent on it. Uh, yeah. This will be really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's a special. I don't, and I don't even know all the creators that are involved for it, but it's a special special thing. And yeah. I, I love the fact that the patrons voted for this. I was going to read it anyway. I'm all over this. This has the has the opportunity to be something of the same caliber and specialness as Wednesday Comics was. I think if done correctly. So um, uh, yeah. So that's just a ratings, Connor. Ratings. Ratings. I give it a five. I give it a four point five only because okay. I could have done without Dio having a writing credit. Um, well, he he wrote Omac and it was good. Yeah, true, true, fair. But when I didn't love the story though. So there. Okay, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, sticking with it. Yes. Yes, as am I. So. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. So they did that by going to Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. They joined up uh, and they were able to vote for a book, which yeah. happens every week. And they also. To give it a certain level, get your own superpower. Every week in iFanboy, we give our patrons uh, dumb or awesome superpower, depending on your point of view. And the first up, I'd like to thank Saad Chima. And Saad's power is that everything he does is narrated with a box over his head like he's in a comic. <laughs> like actually like a is it a hologram or is it a physical box it, it, that, appear, it appears oh wow that's pretty cool it appears above him like a, and like is a, the like is the voice uh third like, party third but it, but is it like supportive or is it snarky or is it like criticizing or it, it doesn't have opinions it just it just narrates so it's not like it's not like stranger than fiction with will ferrell with emma thompson's no. voice who yeah so it's just telling what's going on oh interesting so it's not audio it's just a little 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 te- you know does it give away his fun. thoughts was it like it can it can give his inner monologue away which is dangerous right on dates and things like that yeah, yeah i could see that being a problem so all right interesting yeah. cool if only he stops staring at her boobs like yeah. that kind of thing and then, then he's out he's done no second date yeah oh all right um well good luck with that sad um, Bob O'Leary, I want to thank Bob O'Leary for supporting iFanboy uh, through Patreon. And his superpower is uh, he can count any okay. any objects. Like, you know, the how many jelly beans in the jar? Ah. He, it's, it's, it's 1,672. Um, he can count quarters in a in a bottle. He can count any any sort of collection of things. He spatially kind of like how Forge can break out the image, whatever. He can see the individual ones and get the exact count number that's in in there. So there you go. So he's Dustin Hoffman in in Rain Man. Sure, yeah, but he's he's not um, autistic. Right. So his, not that there's anything wrong with being autistic. No, no. no. So his <laughs> his superhero name would be Rain Man if not for the legal implications. So right. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. So his 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 superhero name then is Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Frank Davenport's superpower is that he can instantly grow any facial hair up to any length. You really like hair growth. Yeah, it's interesting. This your, is your second. This is your second hair growth uh, yeah. moment. The, the previous only facial hair. The previous one was entire body hair, but now this yeah. is just facial hair. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So the, he hangs out with that guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right on. All right. <laughs> and so. But any, any color, any style, Ron. Right. Anything you want. Well, that's yeah. nice. Good. Our last one is Sean, who uh, his power is similar to. Remember Colossus in the X Men. Yes. Colossus could turn his body into metal, and they always explained it that it was a form of organic metal, right? Sean literally can turn his body parts into metal, but he cannot survive. So he can't armor up like Colossus because then he won't be able to breathe. He won't be able to move because the metal is so heavy. Like that, that's a danger. But he can change his hand into a big block of iron and hit something, you know, as long as it doesn't, as long as it goes back. But it's literally, so he, it's he can, literal he can metal. Selectively do it so that yes. it has to survive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if he gets into a moment where he has to armor up his whole body, he's he's not he's, he won't be able to breathe or move because he you know his body won't take the the weight of that metal. So could he just do his skin? Yeah, no. Well, no, he he do. Um, but yeah, that metal's still gonna be heavy though, dude. So no, I'm, I'm not saying yeah. his whole skin, but like so let's let's say he wants to punch someone. Yeah, yeah, he can change uh, like absorbing man kind of. All, but but the thing is that the that the metal is a foreign body <laughs> that his and his body does not like it. So, so it's, it's got to be quick. Yeah, it's got to be quick. Got to be quick. So if someone was, was going to kick him in the balls, he could quickly turn his balls into iron. Sure, and it takes a lot of training. You know, like yeah. he could potentially turn his finger into a Phillips head screwdriver, right? Um, which oh, he can, can change it to shapes. Well, yeah, which could be, but he's got to learn how to do that. I mean, at first, it's just he's going to make his arm into like a block of metal like that, and he won't <laughs> be able to move it. But he's got to learn. Okay, I only want this. I want this shape. Whatever. It takes a lot of training, a lot of time. Professor Xavier. So, um, so there you go. Not not organic metal. Literal metal. So. Literal, is it steel? 
I don't know. It's metal. What do you want from me? All right. <laughs> so I'm not a guy. Come on. Come on. Come on with the steel. All right. So go to patreon.com slash ifanboy where you can get your uh, superpower. And we just have so much fun doing it. So please keep giving us reason to. So. <laughs> All right, let's do some emails. Uh, do we have time for emails? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, right. we're so, about, yeah. Easton from Ethiopia. He says, I'm not from Ethiopia. I just live there. He says, during my well, Christmas hang break, on, that's, I was, Hang on. That's cool. Easton, even if you're not from Ethiopia, the fact that you live in Ethiopia and you're listening to us, awesome. Yes. During Thank my you. Christmas break, I've been listening to a lot of your special edition podcasts on comic book movies and also a bunch of your old podcasts. On the episode from 2006, where Teen Titans number 35 was the pick, you mentioned the, at the time, upcoming Superman movie. I don't remember who, but somebody said, you will never see a grim and gritty Superman. That is just not the way the character is. I laughed out loud listening to that due to the fact of how grim Superman is in Man of Steel and, and that other movie that I can't mention due to the fact that you guys hate the mention of it and thought it was hot garbage. Anyway, my question is, after the last three DC movies have been failures, are you hopeful for the future of the DC? What the fuck is the DCEU? Expanded you? Uh, maybe by a typo. I mean, cinematic. No, universe? This, this is the second time this has come up. I don't know. Whatever. The I don't future know what of the DC mean. movies. And what upcoming DC movie are you most looking forward to watch? My other question is DC Entertainment Universe. That's stupid. The, the, uh, DC, yeah, it's the DC Entertainment Universe. It doesn't so. make any sense because the TVs and the movies are not connected. Anyway, my other question is: What has your favorite Marvel movie been thus far? And are you excited to see the movies line up for the rest of Phase Three? So. There are phases to these. They they I don't, they've no there's no, there's no phases. Phase no Marvel. Three. No, oh Marvel, Marvel phase three. I'm sorry. Okay, that makes more sense. I hate. So the are phase we hopeful shit. for the future of the DC movies? No. No, I have no hope. No. Yeah. The only hope is in the TV shows, which are wildly entertaining. Yeah, which are the uh, best. Which are the best. So. What upcoming DC movie are you most looking forward to watch? I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to any of them. Nope. And what is your favorite Marvel movie? Um, well, well I'm, I'm not looking forward to it, but I'll go see Ben Affleck's Batman movie. I'm curious. I'm going to see all of them. I'll see all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm curious, yeah, but I'm not looking forward to any of them. All right, so what's your favorite Marvel movie thus far? Captain America, Winter Soldier by inches over the first Avengers. Um, I still really like the first Thor movie. Yes, like I, I, love I, I really, I, 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 the second one, second one wasn't as strong, but the first one was really good. Yeah. Um, I really liked Ant Man, but that's more because it's a Paul Rudd movie, you know. Um, but it, it's like, but Avengers is the best movie of them all. It's the that, that's their moment, you know. That, like yeah. that, that's the you know. So I, I got to give it to oh, man. That's hard to pick, but yeah. Pick one. Um, I'll probably give it to if I'm sitting down. You gotta watch. I'll watch Avengers. Avengers is the is, yeah. That's the favorite one. So. And what movie are you most excited for? Seeing that they've got coming out Phase Three, um, I don't even know what's coming out. I guess in fa- I want to see in fa- what the just get to the fucking Infinity War, <laughs> right? I mean, what what else is there? So Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Spider Man. Oh, Spider Man! I'm most excited for Spider Man. Yeah, but is that part of Phase Three or not? Yeah, Phase Three started with uh, Ant Man, I think. Yeah, so Spider Man. We're in Phase Three. Yeah, Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider-Man. All right, uh, let's do, him. do that one. Yeah, let's do one last email. Philip writes in says, A while back, you guys recommended a particular site to buy frames for original comic art that costs around $40 and has UV protection and all that. I thought I had bookmarked it, but I'm having trouble finding it. What was it again? All right, so it's um, BCE Mylar. BCE Mylar, okay? And they are a source. They sell comics bags and, and supplies and all stuff like that. And on their website, their website is bcemylar.com, and they sell display frames there. And that's where they sell frames for comics as well as original art. So there you go. It is the preferred frame from iFanboy. There you go. All right. Okay, cool. So lots to discuss uh, before we wrap things up. Um Listen, February might be the shortest month of the year, but it's not going to be the least <laughs> amount of content. We have a lot of podcasts coming up. Uh, first up, you might want to ch- if you missed out uh, the the episode right before this episode in the feed is January's Booksplode, uh, which is Russian Olive to Red King by uh, Catherine and Stuart Eminen. Uh, you can download that now and listen to Connor uh, come as close to losing it as Connor gets. Um, <laughs> no, I, I ever. 
I wasn't mad about it. People were like, "Wow, you were really upset about that book." I wasn't yeah. upset. Yeah. You were upset. Just, you were. You got, you got. You got. You got. You get contentious. At, you got at one point. I'm like, "All right, we got to pump the brakes here, Connor." It's. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't upset about it. I just wasn't. Didn't. Didn't agree with it. You were. You anyway, were, the point you is, you were passionate uh, in it's your our first book explode where we disagreed on a book and it was a little spicy. So yeah. if you want to hear that. That's happened in the explode. Yeah, and then you could also find in the feed uh, our discussion of Riverdale, uh, the new TV show on the CW, um, which is uh, which is the Archies brought to life um, in a modern day world, and that'll be interesting. So, uh, and Riverdale actually kicks off a series of new. Uh, comic theme TV shows that we're going to be talking about. So we're talking about Riverdale. We're also going to talk about Powerless, uh, which is the sitcom based in the DC universe on NBC. And we're going to be talking about Legion, uh, which is the new uh, show on Fox that is an X-Men. Uh, FX. FX. Uh, FX. Uh, X-Men related uh, TV show. So uh, lots of TV podcasts coming up. Also, Connor and the Animation Brain Trust are going to be talking about Justice League Dark. Um, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Lego Batman movie. So uh, yes. lots of podcasts. One, two, three, four, five, six extra. Well, Ooh. then there's the there'll be a books there'll be a talk explode as well. Yeah. And so there'll be seven extra podcasts in February, outnumbering the four pick of the weeks that we'll be doing. Uh, in we might February. have miscalculated. One, two, three, four. Yeah, we don't know when and how these are all coming out, but there's gonna be a lot of stuff. So download them all, listen to them all. Hope you enjoy them. Thank you. Uh, in addition, if you're listening to this on a first or second day of release, and you're a patron. Our patron hangout for January, January 30th, 6.30 uh, Pacific, 9.30 Eastern, circle it in the calendar, write in your diary, uh, come hang out with us for an hour, we just talk about stuff, who knows what we'll talk about, it's always an adventure, um, if you're a patron, we, you have, we have fun of those every month, we hang out, you can hang out with us once, once a month for an hour. Uh, we talk about nonsense, so check that out. It'll be fun. If you're a patron. It'll be a good yeah, time. So we will be discussing The Expanse on Sci-Fi. <laughs> Oh, shit, is that? <laughs> well, no, because it comes out February 1st, so I feel like we should okay, revisit right. it. We should talk about it, and especially yeah, considering right. that I won't be able to talk about it that night anyway. So Sorry. It's all right. Um, and additionally, if you need some more podcasts to listen to, go check out my other podcast, Damn Fine Podcast, at damnfinepodcast.com, where me and uh, my buddy Tom Merritt are talking about the Twin Peaks. Uh, we're rewatching Twin Peaks in, ad- in advance of the new season coming this May. And comic fans, we recently had Gabriel Hardman on. Um, so if you go back in the feed, I think it's the most recent episode. You can hear Gabe Hardman talk about uh, Twin Peaks and his love of the show and some secret origins of Gabe Hardman in there. So uh, definitely worth the listen. And head over to fanboy.com. That's where you can find all of our podcasts. All those podcasts we just mentioned will be there. You can you can like us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and follow at ifanboy on Twitter. That's where you can find out what the pick is before the show comes out. And you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, at RonXO, at C.S. Kilpatrick on both Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And, of course, if you like the show, you can tell people about it. A great way to do that is by writing a review on iTunes or any other place where reviews happen. Um, or spread the word. Tell your friends about it. Tell the comic book store. Tell anybody that you that likes TV shows and movies to tune into us. We're, we're, we're a good time. Uh, so we want to thank you all for spreading uh, the word about iFanboy. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to stop recording this podcast and go back out looking for Josh because it's getting dark <laughs> and now I'm getting worried. Um, so until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Josh, please come home. How can they sleep at night? How can they sleep at night? How did the cat get so fat? How did the cat get so fat? How did the cat get so fat? How did the cat get so fat?